welcome to Right to Life of Michigan's Life Beat podcast. Today, Grace is joining me. Chris is on vacation today, so it's just me and Grace for today, and we're going to be updating you on some pro-life news. So thank you, Grace, for joining me. Absolutely. So we're just going to jump right into it. Um, last Friday... Tudor Dixon, who we um, have endorsed for Michigan governor in November, she has picked a lieutenant governor person to run with her, um, and that was Shane Hernandez. So last Friday, she announced that to everyone that this was the person that she was picking as her running mate. And then I believe on August 27, Saturday, is the convention where um, the Republican Party delegates will uh, get to vote on her pick, and hopefully they will vote for Shane because he is a great pro-life candidate for this race, and um, he was previously a House rep, and he got our endorsement from Arlon Pack for that race, and so he's very pro-life, has a very personal story about, you know, kind of how that shaped him to be pro-life he was pro-life before but you know that really solidified it so excited to see how that convention goes hopefully it goes well some other people wanting to run for lieutenant governor yes I know Garrett Soldano just bowed out yes um a couple other people have I'm not quite sure all the legality of it but a couple other people have come forward and nominated themselves or however that works um and they have said that they would run for it and so that's where the delegates come in and they get to vote for that um so we are hoping that Shane gets their votes so we'll have more updates to come on that for our you know whatever emails we send out or our next Lifebeat podcast I'm sure we'll update everyone on that Another exciting thing that is happening next week is the Board of Canvassers meeting. So yesterday, actually, the Bureau of Elections um, approved the signatures that the Anything Goes abortion amendment submitted. But not the wording of the amendment itself, right? Correct. So when I first saw that email saying that they approved them or recommended that they be put on the November ballot, I was just assuming that they had had ignored all of the errors that they had, the 43 errors. But all that means is that they checked their signatures and all those signatures are good to go. And so that's why they're recommending them be on the November ballot. But then the, you know, the wording, the spacing, and the format of the petition is going to be voted on by the Board of Canvassers this next week on either Tuesday or I believe it's Wednesday, the 31st. So they'll have a meeting that day where the board, which is made up of two Republicans and two Democrats, they will be given our challenge. They'll look it over um, and they'll get to vote on, you know, if those heirs are substantial enough to go to the Supreme, the Michigan Supreme Court with the challenge or if they however they vote on it so that's that's not a partisan issue right this is a strictly procedural and legal problem that they have to decide correct yeah so um 
previously with this amendment, we have had a great legal team who has challenged other things with this amendment and with the wording of the petition. So super small errors, um, like an extra the in there or um, their logo union or the logo, um, the union logo, sorry, was not the correct font. And so they made them redo all their petitions for that and redo all their petitions for the the. So those are super minor errors that the board of canvassers voted on saying okay well you know that doesn't that doesn't go along with our format um we understand that those are very small errors but we have to keep you know we have to go along with the laws that we have in place and with the formats that we have in place because they're there for a reason and um you would think that they would be able to follow them be able to copy things correctly be able to I don't know, follow these tiny little rules about the format of your petition, but clearly not. So they will be voting. Um, they're not voting on the actual content of the petition, right. whether they believe in abortion or not, whether they're pro-life or not. Um, they're simply just voting on the errors in the format and if they're okay with 43 errors going into our state constitution or possibly you know being voted on to go into our state constitution so we will definitely have more updates to come about that um the citizens to support michigan women and children coalition that we are a part of sends out an email every wednesday and so i'm we will be updating you know everyone that receives those emails which you can at the citizens to support actually the website is support miwomenandchildren.org so you can sign up for updates on there where we'll be sending out what happens at that meeting I'm very excited to see how it goes and other exciting news is I don't know if you kind of want to talk about this a little bit um, the different states that have their trigger laws and how um, a lot of them have had abortion facilities closed. Yeah, so Tennessee has had all abortion facilities closed now, I think it is, or move out of the state. I know Idaho has a trigger ban or trigger law that now bans all abortions. And what were the other two states? So it was Texas, Idaho, and Tennessee that were yesterday, I believe. Okay. They and had those... Um, trigger laws go into effect and so I know a lot of the abortion facilities that they had um, either closed or stopped performing abortions but could still possibly be open which I would imagine they would close relatively soon um, you know assuming that the they get all their money from performing abortions but super great news in the pro-life movement um I feel like a lot of us thought that this day was never going to come where yep. we would see our trigger <laughs> laws go into effect. Um, Michigan doesn't have a trigger law, but it's really great that other states do have trigger laws so that more babies can be saved. And so it's just, it's surreal to see it all actually coming to fruition and happening. And just a little reminder that Roe v. Wade did get overturned and that that was a huge victory I think for us in Michigan we kind of 
we were excited for a second well we're still excited but we were excited (laughs) for like that day and then all of a sudden we're like oh (laughs) we still have so much work to do so it's just a nice little reminder that we can still celebrate this and it's still bringing great things for our country yeah this really is affecting other people even if our 1931 law is still technically has an injunction on it yes um (laughs) yes which I guess we should give a little update on that. I think we did last week, but just a reminder, last Friday, Judge Cunningham from Oakland County Court um, ruled officially that county prosecutors in the 13 counties that Governor Whitmer sued, um, he ruled that these county prosecutors cannot... Um, enforce the 1931 law and the reason that there's about 80 county prosecutors in the u.s or not the u.s in michigan (laughs) and they only picked these 13 because these were the ones that had surgical abortion facilities in their counties so kind of a cool little tidbit about that is she didn't sue all of the 80 prosecutors. So if there was an abortion facility that went up in a different county right now, so if there was one that got established and started performing abortions in a county that she didn't sue any prosecutors in. They could technically still enforce that law. They could, yep. They? If that county prosecutor was willing to enforce the law, he would be or she would be able to do that. Um, because they weren't a part of Governor Whitmer's lawsuit. So, unfortunately, Hmm. he did rule with Governor Whitmer, which we were not surprised by at all. Um, We knew that that was going to happen. Um, You know, we, she, this judge is pretty friendly to the pro-abortion side. So, we were not surprised, unfortunately. Um, So... Many victories in the pro-life movement, um, but, you know, Michigan is still, we're still at battle over here. Um, Every single day, it's a different, different update about all the lawsuits that we have going on, Um, different update about, you know, the things Governor Whitmer is filing, all the different briefs, all the different executive orders that she's trying to get through which we know is part of her re-election campaign, unfortunately. So many updates to come. I feel like we're constantly giving people updates about these lawsuits, and they probably all sound pretty similar at this point (laughs) of like, oh, I think they already talked about this, but always always something changing. Did you have anything to add to that? Well, I just thought it was interesting that you mentioned that Governor Whitmer's making this abortion issue such a big part of her campaign i don't i don't know if that's gonna work for her or against her because her opponent tudor dixon has Mm -hmm. a 100 percent pro-life policy and with dobbs being overturned there's a lot of pro-lifers that want to see things like the 1931 law enforced again and if tudor dixon were to be elected governor that would definitely be something that would be open to Michigan then. Yeah, I think I think it's interesting her approach to her reelection campaign. 
Um, and I'm curious to see how it does play out because, you know, we know that majority of people don't like late-term abortions. They don't like partial birth abortions, which she has been pushing a lot recently. Um, she doesn't want any restrictions on abortions for Michigan. So I'm curious to see how this election plays out. I would like to think that I grew up in a state that was relatively conservative. And, you know, recently um, it's come to light that if this amendment was passed in November, we would be even more radical than California or New York. You know, I don't know about anyone else, but growing up, you hear about California and you hear about New York and all the crazy things that <laughs> yep. they're doing, especially in terms of pro-life issues and abortion. Um, you hear about all these laws and how you just think like, wow, they're so radical. And to know and to find out that, well, Michigan is going to be more radical than California or New York um, blows my mind a little bit. Mm-hmm. And... I don't know. I don't know if people in Michigan, they might support abortion and be pro-choice, but I don't know if they want to be that That radical. Yeah, like that (laughs) radical. And I think Governor Whitmer is assuming that people are on board with her in in regards to late-term abortion and no restrictions and you can just do whatever the heck you want. Um, So I'm curious to see how that that approach plays out. I would like to think that people in Michigan aren't aren't going to be that radical, but um, she seems to think that they are. And, um, you know, I've tried to, on Twitter and on social media, see kind of what people say about her and if they're very supportive of her whenever she releases one of her executive orders or briefs about abortion. Um, it's kind of hard to tell, but Social media is hard, though, because it's so extreme. It's either, like, one way or the other. And then the normal middle ground people who maybe they are pro-life or maybe they're a little bit Mm pro-choice, like, those people don't, they don't seem to have a a platform there. Right. Yeah, that is very true. It's it's hard to remember that the people that are pro-abortion are super loud about it. So it seems like there's a lot of people that are, um, but there's just a few <laughs> radical people that are very loud. So that's a nice little reminder for anyone that's feeling discouraged about, you know, this November election and whether this amendment is going to get passed. We, you know, we're hopeful and we believe that even if people are pro-choice, that once they learn about this amendment and how just how radical it really is how crazy unlimited unrestricted abortion would be for michigan and not just abortion it would be affecting so many different things and regarding to pregnancy that once they figure out those things and learn about those things that they're going to be like oh no i want my parental consent rights and i you know i don't want fetal viability be changed to include NICU babies and so but by then it's gonna be too late because they'll have already signed it into the constitution it it feels like with so much rhetoric from the pro-choice side 
that they're not really saying what's in this amendment. And then if it does, heaven forbid, if it gets passed, the people who are more moderate are only going to find out what it truly means once it's made part of our constitution. And like, that's really what we want to avoid is having all of those people have a lot of parental rights taken away or having partial birth or even infanticide made legal in mm-hmm. Michigan. I, I feel like most people do not want that. Right. We know most people do not want that. Yeah. Yeah. So that's why this coalition, the Citizens to Support Michigan Women and Children, is so important. Um, that's the whole purpose of the coalition is to educate every corner of Michigan and make sure that everyone knows exactly what they're voting for or against in November, whether you agree with it or not. We want you to know about it and we want you to have knowledge about it. So um, definitely recommend checking out that coalition website um, for anyone that hasn't. And um, we haven't done a Things Pro Board Say segment in a very long time. I don't think Grace has ever heard one before. They're not that exciting. I remember <laughs> when I first started working at Right to Life of Michigan, we were doing these and we were like, oh, we need a name for this segment. So we just said Things Pro Board Say, typically from Twitter because everyone's, you know, a little crazy on Twitter. So I recently saw one a couple days ago. Um, and, um, it was kind of a big deal on Twitter. A lot of pro-life activists that we follow on our Right to Life of Michigan account, account were talking about this and pretty upset about it because it was, um, pretty crazy. So these two women, um, who have a podcast were talking about how, um, abortion about and they mentioned uh, babies that had passed away. So they kept mentioning dead babies and how um, this could be a fetish for some people and how it probably is a fetish for some people and how they should create a website to profit off of that, profit off of abortions, how they should film abortions and um, people who... uh, have a fetish for them could watch and pay for it and so obviously that's horrible and um they you know later came out and said oh like it's just dark humor it's abortion jokes and um made another episode about it as well just thought it was funny um thought that I don't know there was nothing wrong with mentioning it or it was just it was interesting well that's probably comparable to violent porn if you're gonna film that and profit off of it for starters yep and second i i don't know why anybody would be rejoicing in any death ever i don't understand how that we don't do that for miscarriages right we don't do that for an elderly person passing away naturally we don't do that for car accidents Mm -hmm. how on earth do they think that's okay and that's obviously a straw man fallacy for taking away the human rights of an unborn baby 
but right i wow what a way i to think put it. if when you are in the pro-life movement long enough if there's someone that is making jokes about abortion or being really nonchalant about it or casual it's safe to assume that they've had some sort of experience with abortion and I don't I don't want to speculate on how they feel about it or you know what were the repercussions of them having an abortion but I do think one of the ladies on the podcast mentioned that they had an abortion Hmm. and so um you know the side effects of abortion mentally, physically are very unpredictable and can can really affect anyone in whatever possible way you could think of, you know. And so hopefully that wasn't her coping mechanism to make a joke about it and to pretend like it wasn't that big of a deal, but deep down she knows it was a big deal. Um, and hopefully she can get help if that is the case and stop publicly making jokes about something that is so traumatic for thousands and thousands of women who have experienced it and had their life flipped upside down because of it. So, you know, obviously I'm not speculating anything, but I do feel like I remember her mentioning that she had had one previously um, and then they started making jokes about it. So, that is our segment for things pro boards say. We haven't done one of those in a while because they're they kind of take you out of reality of like, wow, there are people out there who they're not just pro choice or even pro abortion. They that's pro death. Lo- they love is- abortion and they're gonna oh. celebrate it and they're gonna flaunt it and they're gonna joke about it like it's like it's just something a part of their everyday life. So, um, yes, hopefully. Hopefully we don't have to do another one of those segments anytime soon because we only do them when we see some someone say something very insensitive or crazy, typically on Twitter, because Twitter is wild west. So I think that's all the time we have for today. Thank you for joining us. Next week we're going to be doing a faith in life episode with our faith coordinator and so join us next week for that and have a great weekend thank you